America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guests on Blog Talk Radio as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. I want to show you something. Each day around the world, 5,000 people are infected with HIV. That was over 20 years ago. Today, an estimated one in five gay men in major U.S. cities is living with HIV. So why aren't we talking about it? Today, we have the tools to make HIV history. Let's finish what we started. Because the world needs you to live. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland, offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space, there are courses in Raj Yoga Meditation, Positive Thinking, Stress-Free Living, and Personal Development classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. Are you in need of a tech service company that's going to deliver the best solutions for your business? Then Atronica is your solutions headquarters. Here we specialize in your individual needs to make sure your business shines. For more information, please call 301-417-0070 or visit us at our website at atronica.net. Atronica, where we deliver for you. Take a break. Breathe. Why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center? 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and as usual, you can listen, join, share 24-7. We're always happy with our partnership with TuneIn and Spreaker and Stitcher. We want to thank you all for believing in our well-intended. I say that with the deepest of feelings. I'm going to create my own words, as you know I like to do this. The well-intendedness of media that really helps us to be better people. In a time where we're getting so much false news that even CNN or Fox was actually doing a story on false news and how to be so careful in terms of what you hear in the media today, it can disturb your spirit and it can really move you into a place of a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of struggles. And I don't know if you know the numbers, but um, corporations, just our country alone, we're losing $411 billion in annual productivity because as Americans, we're not sleeping very well. We're not doing emotionally very well. And I think post-election and the current state that our country's in, there's just a lot of internal insecurity. And I'll be on a travel to the Middle East soon, and the conversation will be trust in the changing world. And what do we need to begin to build within our own beings the sense of security that's needed now, not only for ourselves, but our children. I had an incredible session with Nick Askew. you got to look him up. So Nick travels around and he uses his camera to do something called soul biographies. And so what he does, and this is the first time I've been on camera a lot, everyone, and there are times that I, I'm just not the real me. You know, it, it just takes me time to get there. And actually, why I love radio more is that this is the real me that you actually get on radio. But anyway, Nick plates me in front of his camera. And what he does, he basically kind of gazes through you, through your being, and you forget that the camera is even there. And then he accesses what's going on in your conscience, the things that you don't tell people, but the things that gets revealed in perhaps your obstacles or your fortune your fortune that follows you wherever you go. And it just helps you to know more about who you are, what you believe in, what's up with you, and and what you need to do. Because we can't, this is not a sitting down time in our narrative. This is not the time to sit back and not do much for yourself. I've heard it over and over again where individuals are blaming governments, they're blaming their mother, their father, their environment, their their city, their school system for not being the best that they can. But there's something always in spirit, in your being, that if you listen to it enough, you cannot sit back and not do anything with you. You can't. And I don't mean that you have to become famous where you've got a million likes. You all know my social media is not the most highest, but you need something, it's going to get done because people are different walks of life. But what I'm saying is you're not valued or seen because of all of that. I know that's where we need to go. And I know that's the narrative that is definitely much more revealing about what's going on in certain levels. But I'd really like to emphasize this to all of my incredible friends and listeners on the show. Please find a place inside of you that you can hear your better part signaling you what to do. And that makes me think about our next guest, Troy Carter. You know, Troy was recently included in Oprah Winfrey's inaugural Super Soul 100 Inspiring Leaders. And he is now the founder 
chairperson and CEO of Atom Factory. It's a talent management and a full-service film and television production company. And Troy is also the new head of global creative services for Spotify and a partner of Cross Culture. These are huge names in terms of how we're receiving our own entertainment or growth from media. But as a renowned music manager, Troy has established the careers of numerous recording artists, including multi-platinum Grammy Award winner Lady Gaga. He began his career in Philadelphia in a very simple way with Will Smith, James Lassiter's Overbrook Entertainment. And after founding Adam Factory in 2010, he has continued to be like, offer this disruptive approach with the creation of various entities. This is a young man who I would say is listening. He's listening and catching his signals. What's next, Troy? What's next to do? What is it that I'm called to do? And so he continues to move his life forward, and I consider him an inspiration, not only for young African-American men, but for everyone, especially men who sometimes struggle with a sense of um, security. And so he co-founded also this, this current thing called Backplane. It's a Silicon Valley-based startup that redefines the social media. I might need to take tips from Troy. But the following year, he created a product development and branding agency as well called AF Square, an angel fund and technology consultancy. So Troy certainly has a lot going on, and it brings me great pride to welcome Troy Carter to the America Meditating Radio. Troy, I want to tell you, morning, Om Shanti, and I'm so glad that you made this one. Well, good, good morning, and thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always inspired by, I'm going to call you young men, because I know when we met at Princess Basma's private home in Santa Barbara, I look like 25, but I'm double that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all that meditation and all that good living, but you look like 10. <laughs> No, I, I, I was, I was, I was smiling when you called me a young man. I said I can, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's a good living. You know, when you have found your alignment, when you're in your zone, I'm telling you that the wrinkles are less, and the spirit is optimized. It's, it's optimized to. I don't know if you heard the early part of the conversation, but I was um, sharing with everyone on the air that listen to your signals. Stop being distracted by what everyone else is telling you to do, what everyone is doing, but listen to those inner signals. They will move you. Is it true to say that that's what you've been doing? Yeah, and um, I, it, it's something that I think I really had to learn. Um, it it, it mm-hmm. wasn't one of those things. I think I ignored it for years. I think I, I had it when I was much younger as a kid, and it was very uh, intuitive, and it was something that wasn't taught. And then I think, you know, mm-hmm. as I had gotten older, you know, I lost track of it and ended up coming back around to it eventually through a friend who who really introduced me to meditation and, mm-hmm. and helped me find that, that center again. Don't you just love those friends? I know that when we met, it was brief, but it was enough. And there's a lot going on. When we met, I was initiating the Meditate the Vote campaign because... I knew what was coming. You know, when you're internally silent and your thoughts are not Mm -hmm. wasted, you can catch things. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff about, 
you know, people like us who are kind of gifted with just a little bit more tan. And this is just a lot of fear <laughs> going on in the country. And it could be all media hype as well, which doesn't make it even better. But, Troy, mm-hmm. it's been such a divisive time in the country where it's now up front in our faces. What does someone like you, when you look at your country and see the way that it's moving, have you had any thoughts about what you would do to try to heal what we're going through? Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've been giving it a lot of thought. And, you know, ironically enough, you know, I think you and I were supposed to do this interview, I think it was the, the week of the U.S. election. And to be honest with you, I really wasn't in a place to talk at that particular time. Because I, I think it was actually the Wednesday after the election or the Thursday after the election. And I really needed, I think everybody was still a little bit shell-shocked. Numb. You know, mm-hmm. in, in, in terms of, you know, what this means on a personal level, you know, as a as an African-American man in, in America, mm-hmm. you know, what does it mean as a U.S. citizen? And then also, what does it mean as a global citizen? Mm-hmm. How do I explain this to my children? And right. then also just the reaction that seeing just some of the things that were popping up in terms of racial incidents that, yeah. were, that was happening in the country during that week that were being amplified by, by the media. So I think I just needed a, a, some time to kind of digest it and reset and recalibrate. And for me, you know, what I've been talking to my friends about, you know, we've been very close to the current administration, you know, with Barack Obama and Valerie mm-hmm. Jarrett, and we've done a lot with them over the last eight years. And a lot of, you know, our friends were talking about disengaging completely. And I actually think it's the opposite. I think this is when we need to be the closest to the White House. You know, mm-hmm. I think if we completely disengage and go the opposite way, you know, what the next four to eight years may mean for the, for the country. And also, I think this is a time for when people are going to be searching for something much bigger than themselves. And I think, you know, being able to turn into meditation and being able to get to that center, you know, both personally, but also, you know, within communities and as a country, I think people are going to be looking for something to hold on to. Yeah, it's like a spiritual awakening. As dark as it might seem, I have noticed a lot more individuals turning deeply inside themselves to find out what next and where to go. And perhaps the current administration wanting to disengage it just because they're numb and scared or concerned is the yep. better word to use. Because yep. this is there's yep. been so much progress. And it, as you and I know, it's not been amplified in the way that it, it should be. But sometimes mm-hmm. when you're doing good, it just doesn't create ripple. But when you're doing something different and everybody hears about it, right? Yeah, and you know, and also just it, there's a lot of noise out there right now. So mm-hmm. when you look at you know me, the media outlets, you know, and you know, I'm finding myself tuning out of Facebook right now. You know, just because mm-hmm. you you know every you know it used to be a place I could go to you know just to kind of see what's happening with my friends and family, and you know, and right now it's just so polarized and political now. You know, I think you got to tune out the noise and tune into yourselves right now. Let me tell you how revealing this has been for many of us. A religious organization, a bunch of close people. One top member votes for a particular candidate that is now the president-elect. Would you believe everyone in that organization stopped talking to them? In that religious body, it's, 
it's that polarizing. And wow. I think what it's doing, wow. yeah, it's it, it's signaling to us our own internal resentments that are there. And that mm-hmm. resentment, if we keep fostering it, it's just going to move away all the creativity that we need to keep moving this incredible country forward. And now, you know, talking about creativity, you're in the entertainment industry. That requires a lot of creativity. Has the noise derailed the creativity in the industry at this time? Have you noticed that the industry has been impacted by the current changes, even though it's only a few weeks after? Yeah, you know, I think what's great about creative industries is that, you know, true creatives uh, step up in moments like this. Mm. So, you know, Mm. when you listen to, you know, the Tribe Called Quest album, and Solange Knowles' album, and, you know, Mm, J. Cole, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, these are albums where they're talking about, you know, the the current climate, you know, and um, so I do think, you know, true creatives really step up in in, in times like these, you know, so, and and if you look historically, whether it's been, you know, Fila Kuti, and, or, you know, whether it's been Bob Dylan, you know, some of our best work and, and creativity has come out of times like this. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about Adam Factory. It's known as an entertainment company with a mission to disrupt culture. What do you mean mm-hmm. by that? Well, you know, our mission as a company has always been to really give artists a voice and, you know, and help them reach audiences. You know, so for years, you know, I got lucky enough as a kid to, you know, work with with Will Smith, you know, so I learned a lot from him and his manager, James Lasseter. And um, and that kind of set me up to look for certain types of artists, artists who we felt were, were bold, artists who we felt had a point of view, you know, so whether that was, you know, Lady Gaga and, you know, helping to build her platform to talk to LGBT youth. And that dealt with, you know, and this is during don't ask, don't tell. This is before the Marriage Equality Act. And, you know, when kids were still getting their faces bashed in in schools. But yet, you know, she was a bold artist who really stepped up. And, you know, whether it was John Legend, you know, with dealing with mass incarceration or education issues or John Mayer with, you know, talking about veterans and mental health care around veterans. We just Mm -hmm. always like to work with artists, you know, with very unique point of views and who we can embolden. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, Adam Factory maintained investments in 80 startup companies through mm-hmm. cross-culture ventures and Smash Labs. How do you do it? How do you sustain yourself, you know, your responsibilities to your family, as well as your staff and the vision for the company? It seems like a lot, but, but what is it inside of you that's giving you the energy, the spirit, the vision to sustain something that seems like it's making massive changes in our world. Yeah, I think for me it was always this level of curiosity that's been with me since I was a little kid, probably about five or six years old. So I always Mm. had this thing to figure out how things worked and always wanted to figure out, you know, I wanted to know who was behind certain things. So as an entrepreneur, you know, meeting other entrepreneurs, I think that's where I started, you know, my investing. You know, I I dropped out Mm -hmm. of school when I was about 16 years old, and my mom put me in this program called Job Corps Mm -hmm. that was sort of like a jail meets college. (laughs) um, (laughs) I remember Job Corps. yeah, so so at 16, I got, you know, a GED and kind of went on this sort of exploration from there into the music business. But I'm still as curious, you know, today at, at 44, 
as I was when I, you know, was that, you know, 16-year-old kid, you know, and that kind of led me to invest in an Uber and Lyft and, you know, Warby Parker and just a bunch of different companies with great founders that we just feel like are going to transform, you know, how we live every day. Well, kids nowadays, especially our up-and-coming youths, let's call them young entrepreneurs. They see certain mentors. Some seem to be very value-based. I immediately think about President Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. I think about First Lady Michelle Obama. I think about Valley Dryer, and Mm -hmm. I think about you. Mm -hmm. I think about a lot of individuals, Oprah Winfrey, that are doing positive things in our country Mm -hmm. and in our world. And they see it, Mm -hmm. and they think about, you know, where do you start Mm -hmm. to build your entrepreneurship as a young Mm -hmm. man Mm -hmm. or woman in these times when it's just changed. No one's going door-to-door anymore and selling vacuum cleaners. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going like-to-like. They're going on streaming online. You know, what would Mm -hmm. you advise Mm -hmm. young entrepreneurs to get started in their own business? You know, I think it's figuring out, you know, first of all, what do you – genuinely passionate about, you know, outside of making money, you know, what are you genuinely passionate about? And, you know, so when I look at entrepreneurship, you know, I'm looking at it, not just from a, a, let's go out and build a multi-billion dollar technology Mm -hmm. company, but, you know, it could start with, you know, I want want to open a local sandwich shop, shop in my neighborhood or, you know, a dry cleaners or, you know, a car detailing shop, you know, so it can be, you know, something as, you know, simple as that, but it's finding something that you're passionate about and then really Mm -hmm. being able to put in the work, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, it's very intimidating when you look at big companies like Facebook or Snapchat and, you know, you see these $200 billion valuations, but what people don't realize is, you know, Mark Zuckerberg started off with one line of code, you know, that he wrote in his dorm room, you know, so it wasn't Mm -hmm. really about, you know, I got to build a multi-billion dollar company that's going to connect 2 billion people around the world. It was really putting that first step out there. And then, you know, I just believe, you know, when, and, and specifically in my life, when whenever I've been bold enough to take that first step, I've been met with 10 steps, you know, from somebody else. So it's, right. it's amazing, you know, the things that show up for you once you get started. And your children, what do you wish for them? You know what? It's a very interesting time. You know, I think the the biggest wish for me, for, for, for my children, was that they could be self-sufficient, you know, so that, you know, we instill enough in them so that when they go out into the world, they're able to, you know, to, to pretty much make it, make their own way and um, and figure out things for themselves. And, you know, now I think, you know, over the last few years, I've seen just kind of seeing the world change at a very rapid pace. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot has changed in terms of what, what I want for them because I think them going into, you know, we have a, a big range of kids. You know, our kids are 22, 21, 13, 12, and three years old. So, wow. um, you know, when, Working when my on the dynasty old, over there, my, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, we, we got a real basketball team. But, you know, when my my three-year-old leaves the house, the the world's going to look a lot different. You know, we're going to be in a world of, you know, autonomous vehicles. And, you know, my fear right now and concern is just where do we, you know, I think it's a certain level of responsibility that's going to come along with innovation. So, you know, I think uh, one of the guys at Milken Institute, I was having a conversation with them and we were talking about, I think the number one job for Caucasian males in the United States is driving. 
And, you know, wow. when you look at autonomous vehicles, you know, they're going to, you're no longer going to need drivers anymore. I was talking to an entrepreneur who was building a security company out of robots that basically, you know, they patrol malls and Walmarts and Targets and basically it's 360 degree cameras around the robot. And I asked the entrepreneur, I said, you know, how much are you charging the stores for the robots? He said, oh, no, I, they, I charge them $7 an hour. I don't sell them. He said, because security wow. guards are $25 an hour, and um, I only charge $7 an hour, and you don't have to pay health insurance, liability insurance, vacation days. Wow. You know, You're so we're going to see these workforces. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, you think about factory automation. So we're going to oh, see wow. workforces completely go away and jobs that aren't going to be replaced. You know, so I do think, you know, as we innovate, you know, I think we're going to have to have a certain level of responsibility and know when to say when. Here's my question, because I think you've just opened up a big box for me. What do we do with those brothers and sisters? We have watched this election where it was very focused on who to tap into, who to get the attention from, and a lot of folks who consider themselves not heard or seen anymore, who feel like they've been mm-hmm. forgotten in the country's leadership, and they're going to have a big wake-up call after January 20th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, at the mm-hmm. same token, if that be true, which I believe it is, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm in love mm-hmm. with Elon Musk and his cars, Mm -hmm. right? What do we do and what do we start to do to prepare individuals to be able to somehow sustain themselves economically, emotionally? Do you have an answer for that just out of the blue? Like, is there a thought that's run across your mind? Well, I think, you know, one one of the big things is we we have to fix that the U.S. education is a very, very important first step if we're talking about fixing things long-term and create an opportunity because see what happens when you have people that aren't properly educated, number one, people who can't get jobs, people who are frustrated. You know, you, you look at the Middle East, you look at the south side of Chicago, you look at southwest Philly, and you can see what happens when people are put into those circumstances. So we can get back to a place in this country where the starting block might not be the same from a, a household standpoint, but at least the educational start starting block can look the same. So, you know, so and, and to be honest with you, the one bright spot that I heard, you know, as it relates to the Trump administration is this focus on um, public education, you know, because out, out of all of the great things that I do think our current president, Barack Obama, was able to accomplish, there wasn't a large focus on public education. You know, I think he mm-hmm. had other big things that he had to tackle, but seeing that public education is going to be a big focus with this new administration is definitely a bright spot. And I think although there are other issues that, you know, we're completely polarized on, I do think as a country we can all agree that we're, we're failing our kids, with, you know, in, the, in, in public education. And I think that's going to be one of the big, big things to help fix a lot of the problems that we're facing. Well, it seems like such a complex future that we're walking into, and this is where I keep sharing with everyone. Meditation, not in the terms of sitting there not doing anything, but meditation in which you're amplifying what is good in you, that your goodness will protect your karmic future, despite whatever's Mm -hmm. happening out there in the world. And maybe you'll be able to pull a string one day, but one day I want to see an online, something streamed, a lot of talent, comedy, music, 
acting, poetry, streamed online for the whole world to see. And that when it's a change of set, that you've got someone there calling everyone to sit in silence for meditation for world peace. I think that would be so awesome. What's funny, (laughs) there's a guy named Satish who taught me meditation in 2007. So I've been meditating Uh for a little, uh, close close to 10 years now. And, you know, when we met, you know, it was, I was very skeptical about the whole thing. And, you know, and I go and I meet this guy and he and I have become incredible friends. And like, mm-hmm. but one of the things he said to me, he said, I don't want you going off to the Himalayas and, you know, becoming, right. you know, a Buddhist monk and basically sitting in silence for 10 years. We need you in corporate America. We need you to be, you know, a global companies and bring in this sort of energy into the global companies, into the music industry, into the fields of technology. And I think the more people that we can get that are working in, the, in these fields that can bring that centered approach to it, I think that, I think that brings incredible, I think that's innovation, by the way, is, you know, it's a you very know. innovative yeah. approach to business and it's game changing. Well, thanks to Satish, he's on the move and on the money. Troy, thank you for your innovativeness, your courage, your openness, creativity, and definitely I keep going back to I don't know how we can unite our country or even ourselves if we ever have to choose a side. Uh, I just feel like Mm -hmm. if, if we can amplify the virtues within our being, we can somehow find a way to cooperate and work towards the better good. And uh, I appreciate well, what you're contributing. We have to get back to our, our center in both mm-hmm. the spiritual sense of the word and then mm-hmm. also in a political sense as well. So even oh, yeah. if, you know, if, it's, if we're never united in terms of, of vision, you know, as long as we have a healthy center, you know, things will be okay. So we just got to get back to the spiritual center and the political center. Amen to that. Hey, where can our listeners yeah. find more information about Troy Carter? Uh, just Google me. <laughs> <laughs> and they can go to adamfactory.com, right? Adamfactory.com, yes. Well, look, much love and many good wishes and lots of um, pure energy around your children because they're the future. And all the very best with whatever you do. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm, you're welcome. Take good care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't you love to hear fresh energy? I know, you know, Troy will be like, well, we're the same age group. I know that, and I consider myself to still be very young because of the energy that we can, you know, distribute, shall I say. But really, I mean, listen to the statistics. I mean, how many white American men are actually in a job for driving? And pretty soon we're going to end up with cars that are either floating or just automatic pilot. Where are we going to put them? You know, how many individuals are in security jobs in malls and they're going to be replaced by robots? Where are we going to put them? And so for all the individuals who are building cars and in particular areas in our country where the factories are no longer open, where are we going to put all of our brothers and sisters to feel that we have a shared interest? And I can't help but continue to keep thinking we're going to end up in a system of bartering rather than greed. We're looking at what's happening in Standing Rock right now with the Dakota Pipeline and the interests of people in terms of money over people's lives and the sacredness of the American Indians 
and how they have been moving with this nonviolent in such a nonviolent way. But corporate interest continues to say to the world, certain lives aren't valuable. But it is. Everyone in the story matters. And I'm asking all of you who have listened to this conversation, what is the cure? What is the cure for a world that is good for all? Are we going to have to let go of some of our desires? I think so. Are we going to learn to have to share a little bit more? I think so. Are we going to have to look at the fact that jealousy, competition, judgment, criticism are only blocks towards our own ability to finding a greater wealth, greater prosperity, greater sense of security? And so looking at meditation, spirituality, reflection, your inner center, your inner zone, your, your interior world, your inner conversation... Friends, that's what we have to integrate. You can't move to the Himalayas now. The whole world needs all of us. We need to participate. We need to be courageous. We need to acknowledge what we're afraid of. And we need to allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to receive help from someone who might be just a step ahead of the game. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with the amazing Troy Carter. As he said, just Google him or go to adamfactory.com for more information. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. Let's end with Dinah Ross and reach out and touch someone's hands. Take care, everyone. Reach out.